Welcome to the How To Dad Podcast. My name is Devin Pierce. I'll be your host today. Today's topic is loose parts play. I'm going to go ahead again and apologize for the mess in the background here. We are still in the process of unpacking from having moved. And it's other aspects of the house have been a priority. Uh, if you're an audio listener, that'll have no bearing for you. And I apologize. <laughs> Today's topic, as I said, is loose parts play. And we're in, if you're not really sure what loose parts is, I'll, I'm going to give you a description here in a second. And I'm also going to tell you where I learned about this term. And as we go through the episode here, we'll be talking about why I feel it's important. The term itself comes from an architect named Simon Nicholson. Uh, he believed in the human capacity for creativity and tells us that loose parts play or loose parts themselves are aspects of an environment that encourage or empower one's natural creativity. Uh, Mr. Nicholson prides himself on creating spaces that adhere to this philosophy and encourage those things in other people, while himself also being a creative person as an architect. Uh, I learned about this term from a book called The Last Child in the Woods. And that book was written by Richard Louv, L-O-U-V. It was published back in 2005. I just had the opportunity to read this book with my spouse um, this past summer. Uh, we unfortunately have not yet finished the book, uh, but it is, it's a really great book. And what I like about this book is that it discusses a bit of a cycle that happens with in our society in North America, and probably with most first world nations or whatever the local term is now. Um, it talks about how the changes in North American society have created a reduction in exposure for children to nature. And this comes in a variety of different ways. We're not just talking about screen time here. Although that is definitely becoming a more prevalent topic that people are discussing in modern society. Uh, he calls this deficiency a nature deficient disorder. With that, this recognition of uh, nature deficiency in our day-to-day -day lives, this has sparked things like the whole push for going green and the green movement. It has also been the identification and the request for a reduction in stream time for our children, both in schools and at home. Uh, there's been studies done on how screen time negatively affects the human brain and development. Fun fact, if you're in Albertan, the Alberta Health Services actually recommends that you keep your children away from any type of screen until they're at least two years of age. That's just a random fact for the day, I guess. The aspect of making healthier life choices also comes from that. We're seeing a big push as a sociological whole towards being outside more, finding outdoor activities, and finding ways to do those activities in a healthy and respectable manner to nature, right? Um, one of my favorite stores is Mountain Equipment Co-op, and they have on their own scale of things, like so much stuff that they do to try and encourage people to get outside and participate in the world. This is a learned behavior, and this is where we're gonna get touched into this cycle. Society has taken nature from children in a variety of different ways. The book touches on it. Then those children grow up to be adults who value nature less. So they then reduce the exposure even their children have compared to them. And this isn't a recent thing, just so we're clear. This is over the last 100 years, almost 120 years now. 
And the aspects of those things, how they perpetuate their own negativity. This book gives you guys some insights into what we're kind of, what we've done as a society that's having a negative impact on children and how those children's, children's, (laughs) then those children are having a negative impact on our society. And it perpetuates, they grow older, they do the same thing, right? It's a cycle of rotation. And loose parts play is one of those aspects that we as parents can encourage in our children to give them a better foundation so that when they become adults, they don't end up in the same trap and they can start to build a better world than what we've been doing. The book itself, let me get away from the book here in a second, is a great resource for statistical information for a bunch of different things that have happened in North American society over the last hundred years. Um, So it's hugely educational on so many levels besides just being nature deficient disorder or talking about loose parts play but it's it was my introduction to it so i wanted to talk to you guys about it uh richard has many more books now about connecting with nature and its importance uh he worked on a book with another author whose name i can't remember that book is actually really quite large um but richard has a few smaller books that kind of take aspects of this and have touched up on it and added to it since its original publication in 2005. I believe the last book, or one of the books that I saw, which I'm interested in reading now that I know that it exists, uh, was published in 2012. Uh, Loose parts play. Um, In order to be considered loose parts, the item has to inspire the imagination of the child on their own terms. So it shouldn't be an organized, structured playground or toys or sporting activity. Uh, those don't count as uh, loose parts. Uh, anything that has a limitation or a restriction on the child's ability to problem solve is no longer loose parts. Let me give you an example of a good loose parts experience that we had in our own family. And that was with making boxes into spaceships okay my wife and i we got fins and rotors and fans and made little rockets for the wings out of toilet bowl toilet paper rolls and uh, paper towel rolls and hung strings so that the kids could have the uh the boxes when they stood up hanging balanced off of them level and not flopping to one side or whatever they could run around the house and have fun with their new spaceships. We took the loose part, a box, and we made it into a more fixed part. After about 20 minutes or so um, of our kids playing with these boxes, they said, yeah, can you put the spaceships back into being boxes? Like we cut holes, put windows with clear plastic. It was, it was, a, it was an awesome experience and a great creative activity for us as adults to get on our hands and knees and make things out of these boxes. So that was cool. Our kids were bored watching us do it. <laughs> um, but they were pretty small at the time, so we weren't trusting them with scissors to do it themselves. That being said, a loose part can be synthetic as well as organic. It doesn't need to be, it does not need to be a nature thing. I, was, I realized I was talking quite prevalently about nature previously. What's important is that you don't have a situation like our spaceship boxes. We made them into spaceships, and then the kids didn't want them to be spaceships anymore. They wanted them to be boxes. We took a, a 
an open-ended loose part toy, the box, and we turned it into a fixed and structured toy. Sure, the kids still could have imagined it being a different vehicle of transportation, but because we had given them this description of what it was now and the shape and brought to life that one imaginary aspect, now they were more inclined to only use it in that way. When it comes to toys and stuff, everybody's always asking, what, what can I get my kids? What can I get my kids? And when it comes to not wanting a structured toy and stuff, I, I tell people all the time, go buy yourself something. Give my kids the box. They'll have more fun with it and it'll last longer than any toy before they forget about it. And that's true. And this is kind of going to tie us into more stuff here in the end. What you can do is when your kids are playing with stuff and being creative, sometimes they get a little out of hand. Don't interrupt that though. That creativity is really quite crucial while they're taking these loose parts and finding things to do with them. What you can do, or what we do with our kids, uh, is we take them out of their creative world for a minute when we establish reality with them. So if my son is playing with a toy airplane and suddenly it's a submarine and that it's both or something, I do kind of ask him questions about it. And we establish that we know that planes aren't submarines and what su the differences are. And we do that kind of thing. Whether that's wrong or right, I'm not really sure. I'm not a parenting expert. I'm just a parent. But I'm a parent that wants to talk to you guys and share with you guys my experiences. Hence this podcast. The best thing you can do to engage your kids and help that creativity expand is to ask them questions about it, though. Well, how does the spaceship turn into a submarine? And the older they are, the more complicated questions you can ask. And you can dig a little deeper and deeper with each kid. The best part about that is you get to establish a relationship with your kids by showing interest in what they're interested in. And then you also get to understand better what your kids find entertaining. There'll be a video coming out on the YouTube channel. Ooh, not this Thursday, probably next Thursday's video will be about moving with small children. And I'm going to be talking about how asking your kids questions can lead them to establishing their independence from you their individuality, and also update you on what they care about. But uh, just a little teaser for you guys. So this, I had already kind of brought up open-ended learning a little bit here. The open-ended learning is pretty self-explanatory and it goes hand in hand with that loose parts play. Loose parts leave you for open-ended learning experiences, which is to learn without a set or intended lesson, right? You send a bunch of kids out in the woods to play with sticks because that's what's in the woods. You don't intend for them to learn and establish a hierarchy and how that works and who's in charge. But it happens naturally. Kids decide who the leader's going to be and who gets the biggest stick and who gets the smaller stick. And they learn all these social skills from a bunch of sticks in the woods, right? And that, that's kind of the thing that we're getting at. The nice thing about it is it's very minimalistic for a parent to set up open-ended play. You want it to be something that the child can involve themselves in an actual experience using the loose parts, which then they naturally explore things with and learn from without the direct control direction of an adult. So you can set them up with building blocks. Don't tell them what to build. There, you just gave them loose parts and 
It's open-ended play. They can make whatever they want. Buying your kids the Lego sets that have the instructions on how to build exactly one thing and one thing only. And we see this with our own kids because they have a bunch of Batman logo. Lego. 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 Hi. Lego. Lego. Um, <laughs> and that my kids kind of didn't realize that they could build other things with that stuff because they were given an established and a fixed structured way to build with it. Since then, we've had some conversations about it and we've we've made, opened up Lego to being more of a loose parts, but they were very much in a structured setup because of, well, it was my own fault. I taught, told them to use the instructions and learn how to build with it because that does give them the basic concept of how parts and pieces will fit or could fit together. But then they weren't expanding on that because I'd taken away that structure, taken away the lack of structure for loose parts and open-endedness, right? They're, it's really a tricky spot. And this is a good example of, I let the guiding aspect become more of a controlling aspect and you want to keep it from becoming you being overbearing or in this case, the instruction manual became overbearing. We weren't necessarily the issue in this situation. Besides you being responsible for setting it up by giving them the components that they need, you are also responsible for the safety of your children. So you send your kids to go play in the woods. Maybe you should go with them. Just a suggestion. Or if you've been in the woods recently to make sure that there is no barbed wire or anything random that they may hurt themselves on if you're new to the area. That's a good example as well. As long as you can keep the the open-ended and loose parts aspect of it available to them, you've got to just make sure that it's safe for them to do it. And they can play and explore and create and be wild and crazy children all they want. Right? The loose ended <laughs> loose ended. The loose parts open-ended, there we go, materials and experiences and those environments, um, they really should focus on encouraging a problem-solving skill set, which is, in its own right, activating the creativity portions of the brain. I, I don't know. I'm not suggesting that you have your kids do, like, word math problems and call it loose play. Different kind of problem-solving. This goes back to my example of a bunch of kids playing in the woods. Now, Bobby, Frank, and Joe all, all want to be the leader. There's problem-solving skills involved with figuring out who's going to be the leader, right? Then you also have the aspect of them being able to make decisions about it. Those skills transfer over to other things. Another part... Porpoise? Porpoise. Another purpose of the loose-ended... I did the loose-ended thing again, didn't I? Jeez open-ended and loose part materials um, and experiences environments is that it's centered around the child. It's not centered around you. It's not centered around an activity. It's not centered around interacting with child B so that B can have some friends too. It's about that child and their singular, singular experiences. Yes, they can be done as a group of children, but if each child isn't experiencing it, if it's not centered to them learning something by just letting them have the ability to make those decisions for themselves. It's not truly achieving the same goals. I think I got a lot of good examples here for you guys of finding some loose parts in the world around you. So we're gonna hit up three spots. We're gonna talk about in nature, we're gonna talk about on the playground, and we're gonna talk about indoors. And some of these things kind of cross over. So as an example, in nature you have water, dirt, sand, rocks, uh, fallen tree branches, Please teach your kids not to rip branches and barks off of living trees. Please. 
show Mother Nature some respect. We do, we do not want our kids destroying nature to have fun. That's part of our problem as a society. Leaves that have fallen, pine cones that have fallen, shells along the beach. Uh, I think I already said rocks. You can find some of those same things on the playground. And a step further, the playground is where we start to introduce the synthetic loose play items, such as chalk. I know chalk is actually naturally occurring, but sticks of chalk aren't. <laughs> um, different containers so they can sort things organize things and make different aspects of stuff that way. Cups, uh, old tires. They don't really use tires on playgrounds anymore, so I guess that mine, that one might be a little bit hard to do. But if you have tires you're going to get rid of, make a playground out of them with your kids in the backyard. Um, and balls. A ball can be all sorts of things. It can be a ball. It can be a fireball. It can be... <coughs> It can be a projectile of some kind, right? Or they can pretend a group of balls of the planets and they can make them spin and talk about what's going on in those planets. I was a really nerdy kid. That's something I would do. I don't know if that's something regular people's kids would do, but I could see my son doing it. My daughter, not so much. Now give her a herd of plastic ponies. Now that girl come up with all sorts of stories for them ponies. And every single one of them knows who their daddy is, their mama is, how many brothers and sisters they got, and all sorts of craziness. If the chat has any questions and would like to participate, you guys can go ahead and tap, type any questions you have about Loose Parts Play or the book or anything that I've mentioned, and I will answer them. I think I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Uh, if you guys want, you can follow me on Twitter, at CrownSO, E-S-S, the number zero. Post on there when I'm going live when I have time to do that and some fun stuff like that is a good way to keep in touch with me. You can ask me questions about the topics of the podcast and you can also get in touch with me about things happening with my other projects, which aren't necessarily related to the podcast or the dad's class YouTube channel. Um, if you haven't already come find us on YouTube, we are dad's class B A D apostrophe S space C L A A A S S like through way too many A's in that. That's okay. Uh, top five Tuesdays, we do a list of sorts each Tuesday. And then on Thursdays, we do a dad's class where I help teach you guys something that might help you not suffer in pain and agony as a parent or in a relationship or just as a general for human beings in uh, life itself. Next week, not this week, but next week, I am going to be aiming to stream on Twitch Monday and Saturday. I might get something going this Saturday. You guys have to follow me on Twitter to see if it happens. Again, with me moving, I haven't unpacked anything I play video games on yet, so I don't have those things. That about does it up. Um, thank you for watching the chat, and you guys have yourselves a good night. The How To Dad podcast is owned and hosted by Devin Pierce and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License, All Rights Reserved. And the audio for this podcast is currently available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pod Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Thanks for watching, guys.